0: Hello everyone, welcome to Luke Lore, a quick deep dive into a folklore topic where I share some of the stories from around the world that have piqued my interest. It's that most wonderful time of the year again with Krampusnacht. You better have been good this year or else on the 5th of December the Demon of Christmas will be around looking to track down people on the naughty list. I won't be tackling Krampus themselves again this year, you'll need to go back to the first special in 2019 for the demon themselves. This year's festive Krampusnacht special is going to be looking at more obscure Christmas traditions. There are plenty of unusual pagan remnants from the dead of winter, either cautionary tales to behave or else a demon will tan your head with a bunch of birch sticks at best, while sometimes just being a little bit of regional wonder. Stories and traditions aimed at helping people get through the coldest days, a celebration with family in the dark times, human lives defying the end of things, something that I think is incredible, annual messages of hope stretching back thousands of years. The context is a little off in the modern world, like, traditions have gone global that seem a little different in, say, Australia when Christmas becomes a midsummer beach party, but we still take time out of each year to feast and spread cheer, something this year in particular certainly needs. Let's go have a look at lesser known, sometimes nearly forgotten, regional folklore. Italy's Christmas Witch Italy has a somewhat different tradition not directly linked to what has endured as Christmas. They have a gift giving witch who is abroad on the night of the 5th of January to give kids a mix of gifts or sweet treats. Belfarna has the typical witch depiction of being a broomstick riding hag but she's always smiling and covered in suit from entering houses through the chimney to give out her presents. As with all pagan traditions that survive Christianity A lot of the origins have been through the blender, and it could be all or none of the hints that got passed down, which are the true origins. The 5th of January is the night before the Feast of Epiphany, a Christian tradition with a wide range of regional applications. As a purely Christian figure, her story seemed to centre on the three wise men heading to the birth of Jesus. Stories of her tend to have assorted elements of being unable to give them directions, but being able to give them shelter, and refusing to follow to see the birth of Jesus only to regret this. In some stories she follows with gifts of her own for the baby Jesus who then gives her the gift of being a grandmother to all children, able to visit them with gifts each year. In other, more tragic stories, she never managed to find Jesus and she is now doomed to give gifts to each child each year as every child has a part of that divinity within them. The speculation in line with the Christian tradition is that Belfana's name comes from an Italian mispronunciation of the Greek for epiphany. From here comes speculation on pre-christian traditions which may give these stories a foundation that's older. Belfana's name may also come from the gifts given by the goddess Strenia, which in turn ties into an ancient Roman tradition of giving gifts in the new year. An old word for the gifts of Strenia being Bastrina, which could be the root of the name Belfana. I've even seen some mention of Belfana stretching back to Neolithic traditions of all things. A claim made in the Italian anthropology book Una Casa San porte, or House Roof Outdoors, which may also relate to some other surviving traditions using the image of Belfana. In some places Belfana dolls are burned, not out of some strange Christian witch roasting fervour, although never rule that out, but as a symbol of the old year being replaced. Whichever particular witch story you prefer, I like this one. It may just be that as a Pratchett fan I'm a sucker for stories of good witches, but it's nice to have another happy winter gift giver out there. Somewhat spooky tree decorations. Nobody cares for the woods anymore. Parts of Europe, especially as you head east, have a Christmas tradition that seems more appropriate for Halloween to the rest of the world. Spider webs and spider decorations. This goes back a fair bit. Decorated trees are fully folded into the Christian tradition at this point, but this is a pre-Christian winter tradition. This is a Yule thing. Very well. I will bargain with you. The only mention of bringing trees indoor within the bible is an express instruction not to do this because it's pagan, so some traditional ideas surrounding these relics of older cultures may be more in line with them. One of these possible remnants seems to be finding a spider in your tree. Rather than being assigned to burn that tree and start again, finding a spider in your vestive tree is an omen of good luck. Uncle Ben? I guess at the very least it means your tree is less likely to be infested with other bugs. In the Ukraine, Poland, Denmark and parts of Germany, you can get beautiful cobweb ornaments for your trees, they really do look pretty darn cool, although I do like some spider themed decorations since I'm so into Halloween so I may be biased. Give Christmas spider ornaments a Google, there's some pretty ones out there. The aesthetic that's being shot for is cobwebs with morning dew turned to frost on them, and that's a pretty pretty natural occurrence. One potential origin story I saw relates to the tale of a widow and her children, who one year got lucky as a pine cone took root outside their house, Her children were ecstatic that they were yet to have a tree this year, but as the time grew near, she had to break the news to her kids that they were too poor to afford any decorations for the tree. Still, she promised she would bring the tree indoors anyway to celebrate as best she could, then they turned into bed for the night. The spiders around her house noticed this, and upon hearing the sobs of the children as they went to sleep, decided to decorate the tree for the family. They woke up the next morning to find that spiders had worked together to make the most fantastic festive decorations for their bare tree. That as the morning light hit the frozen cobwebs, they turned silver and gold in a fantastic display. I've even seen some claims that this story is the origin of tinsel, but in countries where this story endures, there are also the more specific cobweb and spider ornaments on sale each year. I just hope the first family didn't mind spiders. That could be a very awkward gift if anyone was an arachnophobe. Kingdom of the Spiders. Definitely don't be naughty. I think I mentioned Frau Perchte last year, and if I didn't, I really should have. She is something of a female version of Krampus, to the point where the two stories are blended together across Europe, and it's common to see women in Frau Perchte costumes in Krampus knack parades along with the more masculine demon of the holidays. But there's much more to this Christmas witch than just a girl alternative skin for Krampus. She's certainly very different to the cheerful Belfana. So, the good news for if you've been nice this year. Should you bump into Frau Perter as she goes door to door for the 12 days of Christmas and you've not been naughty this year, you'll find a silver coin in your shoe. If you have been naughty though, Frau Perter treats the naughty like the Punisher from Marvel Comics treats a criminal, if not a little worse since Frank Castle will just put a bullet in your head. The good Frau has a vicious temper. Sometimes I'd like to get my hands on God. Anyone on Santa's naughty list she catches on her rounds will wish for coal, if only to try and beat themselves to death with it after Frau Perkter is done with them. She will slice open your stomach to pull out your guts before stuffing the empty midriff with straw and stones, stitching you back up for good measure in case you have any ideas about putting your sweetmeats back in. I'll festoon my bedchamber with his guts! Frau Perkter is a classic archetypal witch in appearance. Haggard looking and ugly, with a crooked nose to finish off the look, she has one unnaturally large foot as well. She also likes to brandish her knives out in the open, because who the hell is going to stop her? You should be kind and respectful in the holiday seasons anyway, but call this a bonus reason to be extra polite to old women around this time. As with all dual nature possible fake creatures, mind your damn manners and spread some extra Christmas cheer as you go, just in case you need a few more points to move over to the nice list. One of the Brothers Grimm is on the record as speculating Frau Percter has a root in the stories of the old goddess Frau Bercter, a white-robed woman who is the goddess of spinning and weaving. This has a strong link with something else that can set off Frau Perchte’s murderous temper. If the good Frau on her rounds catches any women who have not finished their chores of spinning flax, by the twelfth night of Christmas, the 6th of January, she will fly into a rage. I'm not sure how killy she is when this sets her off, but best to have your chores in the bag before the twelfth day of Christmas just in case. Old gods and goddesses are renowned for being a tad vengeful. If you're on the worried side about Frau Hector, maybe you're too busy to finish up your flax spinning over in the new year, I have a fun decoration fact that may help. In the same way the Christmas spiders may have been the origin of tinsel, I may have stumbled into a fun origin of baubles. Apparently they are exceptionally similar to witch orbs, a glass device you hang up to foil the evil eye and deter witches from entering your home. Now I know! And knowing is half the battle. Okay, that was just a neat little fact I wanted to slip in somewhere. Probably don't wave your glass baubles at Frau Perkter, you'll probably just make her angrier. I recommend, alternatively, inviting her in for a hot festive drink to rack up your nice points and stall her while you get to any flax spinning you are definitely planning on finishing just before she came upon your house. A poop log is apparently something we're going to talk about. Okay, we have time for one more small story and I found something I could not have expected less. Uh, who watches South Park? Mr Hankey anyone? Yeah, there may actually be a long-standing tradition for Christmas poop. I don't quite know how my life has come to this, but honestly, not even surprised at this point. On with the poop log. Teo de Nadal, or the Christmas log, is a tradition from parts of Spain. He's quite a jolly looking little fellow from the pictures I've seen, having a smiling face, a cute little red hat and stood on stick legs looking up at you. Children are encouraged to take care of Tio de Nadal, feeding them small logs, making sure they have water to drink and keeping them warm under a blanket overnight or if the weather has turned. Then, on Christmas Eve, begins the ritual. The Christmas log is sung songs and beaten with a stick until they poop presents and sweet treats. Songs include such lyrics as Poop log, poop nuggets hazelnut, tomato cheese, if you don't poop well, I'll hit you with a stick poop log. Tempo might have been wrong on that one, but I'm going to go with it. Once the treats have all been pooped up, Teo de Nadal then goes on the fire for some extra Christmas warmth. It wasn't a Christmas tradition I expected to find while researching this Krampus snack special, but it's certainly different. I hope this cheered up the long nights a little. We're nearly through a rough year and well on our way through the darkest nights of it. And don't forget to be good or Krampus will stuff you in his sack. He doesn't bring presents in that thing, he just takes away the naughtiest children for some punishment. That's all for this episode. There are definitely more interesting things yet to share when I come to the next Krampus Nact. I didn't even get to the Yule Goat yet, and I may see if I can go a little bit more global next year. If you do want to contact me, there's the show's dedicated email, lukelawgsg at gmail.com, and the general show email, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Both myself and the main show are really easy to find on Facebook and Twitter if you want to make day-to-day contact, as well as having a very active Instagram account that lots of different people from the community get involved with. If you want to support the show directly, definitely check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys. It'll get you access to all sorts of GSG goodies at different tiers, my incentive being that Lukeler episodes go out to patrons a month early. As ever though, the absolute best thing anyone can do to support the show is to give it a listen. Drop a review if you can, that helps me quite a lot, and definitely share this around. I remain a relatively small syndication show, and who doesn't want to know about Christmas poop logs? But, and I never don't mean this, the best thing is always just lending me your ear and listening to my show. Good luck dodging Krampus and Frau Percter, have a brilliant Christmas full of good food and great cheer, and I'll catch everyone on the next episode. Goodbye for now.